0: Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation.
1: What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Jesus That's Good News podcast. This is a space where we share the gospel, aka the good news, to anyone who has a vulnerability to pull up a chair at Jesus' table with no reservation needed. Good evening, Julie.
0: Good evening, Devin. What a great <laughs> day. It was beautiful outside and you got to spend some time at, what is the name of the stadium now? I don't even know what they call it.
1: Paycor Stadium.
0: Paycor Pay yep. okay. So
1: we got a Bengals win today. Uh, excuse good. my voice if it's a little more raspy <laughs> this week. I was at a Luke Combs concert in Louisville on Friday, celebrated some great friends and their engagement yesterday, and then went to the Bengals game today. So I've been <sighs> just chanting, hollering, and just celebrating I- all weekend.
0: You know, the Luke Combs guy, what, give me a, a song for him so I know, like, what's
1: Long of, neck, ice cold beer, beer. never, never let, broke my that, heart. That's it, that's
0: it, never broke my heart. Okay, gotcha.
1: <laughs> it did break my heart on Saturday morning because I was a little, uh, a little bit too many long neck, oh. ice cold beers on Friday night.
0: <laughs> we just call that in church circles, taking a lot of communion. A lot, a lot of communion was had this weekend. Okay. So, for those yeah. of you that are wondering, um, I don't think that drinking beer and alcohol is a deal breaker. Um, <laughs> so, if you're looking for that kind of uh, stringent rule following, uh, you might as well turn the podcast off now.
1: Turn it off. It's
0: not going to be your scene. <laughs> I'm just telling you.
1: But you had a beautiful day today. I know that, Julie. I did. You like great... to go walk around.
0: Yeah, just it was beautiful outside. I think here in Southern Ohio, we've just past the peak of beauty uh in the trees but absolutely Mm -hmm. gorgeous and got to spend it with my sisters and got to spend part of the weekend with some friends too and uh celebrating some really good things like you so yeah it's been a great weekend Mm -hmm.
1: good weekend all around around. you guys at home Uh, listening. I hope you guys had a great weekend and were able to celebrate, even if it was something very small, that you know, you get to celebrate some small victories this weekend and um, head into this next week with good spirit.
0: Good spirits. That's right. Well speaking of good things and good spirits and good news, we're gonna be looking at a really good psalm today, Devin. I know it's it's one of your favorites. I, I do believe when we started this Bible study I intentionally started with the prodigal son story. Mm -hmm. I wanted to make sure that you understood what God's unconditional love looked like. And we talked about, I think we also did the parable of um, the Good Samaritan, because I wanted you to get an idea of what it meant to love God and love others, this love thing. And, um, And then we kind of, you know, I can't remember where we went exactly after that. But I remember at one point, I don't even think it was planned. I said, Devin, I want you to turn over to 130, Psalm 139 real quick. I, I think that you're going to love uh, the message that David gives us in this psalm. And perhaps you were questioning something about your identity, or um, I can't remember what, what made me tell you to do that, or why we went that direction. But I knew at the end of the day, there was something there that I thought would resonate with you, and it did.
1: Boy, did it ever. This is my favorite scripture.
0: Is it really, would you say it's like a go-to?
1: The go-to. That's a good way to put it. Um, There's a lot of scripture and parables that I love. But um, when I think about something that I need to, you know, to uplift me for the day, or if I'm feeling low or need reassurance, this is the go-to. Psalm 139, no doubt.
0: Yeah, I think it's a great centering piece of scripture. If you're ever questioning where you're at in life, or perhaps even asking some of these questions like, who am I and why am I here? And what does God feel about me? I love that we can find our answers here in Psalm 139. So, I mean, that question is so existential, isn't it? Why am I here? And who am I? I I remember addressing this a lot, Devin, when I was in therapy. Um, I remember my therapist having me complete something called I am statements. Have you ever heard of that before?
1: Tell me a little bit more about it.
0: Yeah, of course. Um, I am statements, are they're statements that you make about yourself and the essence of who you are, but you're not basing it on outside parameters. And let me give you an idea of what I mean by that, okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, I remember listening to a sermon one time by a gentleman that you know I love, Henry Nowen. Uh, He also wrote the book, Return of the Prodigal, uh, when we talked about that earlier in the year, uh, or earlier in our podcast year, so to speak. But I remember him saying that, and see if this resonates with you a little bit, Devin, and, and to our listeners, see if this resonates with you as well. We most often base our identity on one of three things. First of all, on what I have. Okay. Secondly, on what I do. Yes. And lastly, what people say about me. And so what we do is we allow these three aspects of life to kind of come in and define who we are. Um, For example, Devin, like, if we were just to have, well, I'm trying to go back to when we met in the balcony. (laughs) Yeah. And I would love I wish we had a tape recorder going because we talked about some really good stuff. And And perhaps you could have caught me murmuring about these winches that were sitting to my left. (laughs) But I wonder if I said, hey, tell me a little bit about yourself, Mm -hmm. which I think we had to do as part of the homework. Remember when they said we had to introduce ourselves to each other? And I wonder if you introduced yourself by any of those three things, like more importantly, maybe by what you do.
1: Yeah, I feel like that's a conversation starter always. So what do you do for a living? And I I used to hate that question. I still kind of do, honestly. Okay. But I'll talk about why I hated it. I, I used to be in a job that I did not like. It was not good for me. It just wasn't where I belonged. So I put my identity in that job that I didn't like, which in turn made me not like myself. Mm. It's so backwards. We shouldn't do that. I know that. Um, but so now, after I've you know gone through you know, this healing process, if you will, for the past year and a half, almost two years. I almost hesitate to ask others that because what if they don't like what they do? What if they don't want to be defined by their job? I think it's silly that we do that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I very much understand what you're saying. Um, I work as an office associate for the Ohio State University. I roll. <laughs> But I'm kind of embarrassed sometimes. If people ask me what I do, I usually use the word just. And I'll mm. say, I'm just an office associate. Mm. Sometimes I say, um, that's the long way of saying it. But really, I'm just the office ass. So that's <laughs> if you put a period at the end. At the end. But yeah. no, there I have a little bit of shame in there, I think. Mm. Thinking that maybe I should be doing more or something else. But it's really not based on my expectations of myself, but maybe um, what other people expect of me. Exactly. I think that ties right
1: into the third thing that you said earlier, was we value so much what others think. So if I say a job that probably isn't as cool as some other jobs out in the world, then I feel like I'm already putting myself below this person I'm talking to. It shouldn't be like that. So I can relate to Psalm 139 so much because When Julie showed me this scripture, this is when I was at my absolute worst and um, I felt so disconnected with who I was or who Jesus made me to be. So I can relate to all three of those points that you said.
0: I think that those three points, too, tend to make us create an image and perhaps even a false image of who we are because the old phrase, image is everything, I think sometimes social media has made that worse whether I remember I don't know if does Facebook still do this I remember uh back in the day when Facebook kind of first started it was kind of a big deal if you said like you were in a relationship or you were single (laughs) do you remember that I don't know if they still do that or not but it was like a big deal for some people to make that update on Facebook because they wanted to portray an image of something Mm -hmm. you know and um I have learned that if I am placing my worth on what I have or or my job, which, by the way, Devin, a, a job is or a vocation is so important, and God wants us to do it to the best of our abilities. I'm not here to say we shouldn't have a job and take pride in it, but if I'm basing my worth on that... It's a whole different ballgame. Yeah, we're going to come up empty every time. And so I think especially with mom's passing, I think we our family has very much been reminded that at the end of it all, like at the end of it all, how God saw my mom, you know, before she passed on was the only thing that mattered. It didn't matter if my mom was like the best optician there ever was, or if my mom was, my mom was a Tupperware sales lady. It didn't matter in those moments if she sold millions and millions of dollars worth of Tupperware, like that just all did. It just didn't matter anymore. But what mattered in that moment was who God said she was. And God said she's my daughter. Yep. Come on into your glory, Connie. Come on, Connie. Come on. Come on in. So, yeah, that's what we want to talk about too is we want to move away from image and we want to talk about what really matters. I, so, anyway, so back to the I am statements, Devin, you mm-hmm. asked me. What's interesting is a, when I was in uh, therapy, And going through those I am statements, I didn't really talk about, um, you know, things like I am rich or I am, you know, I'm I'm smart or I have a great job. It was none of those kind of I am statements. But my I am statements reflected a disconnect. Um, I am ugly. I am unworthy. Mm. I am Mm. broken. Um, You name it. And that was the I am statement. And that shaped how I viewed myself. Hmm. And I had no room in there for God to speak his truth to me of who I was. So speaking of I am statements, Devin, do you remember that scripture where Jesus said, Allah, Muhammad Ali, I am the greatest?
1: (laughs) I think Muhammad Ali was the only one that said that.
0: (laughs) I think so, too. I think if there was ever a person who could have bragged on himself, it was Jesus. But how often did he go, shh, quiet, don't tell anybody, don't tell anyone it was me. You know, like he actually would defer any of that attention. So all of this to say, again, that if you're relying on any externals to define who you are, you will always find yourself lacking. So Devin, let's jump right into Psalm 139.
1: You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways.
0: Mm, I love that. I, I know it sounds odd, but I would you just read it again? Yeah. I, I, I love the way you're saying this, and I just it has, it's having a calming effect on me. So would you repeat the whole thing again? You have
1: searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways.
0: So I have a question for you, Devin. As you Mm -hmm. are reading that, uh, does that give you a sense of anxiety or fear? Or does it give you a sense of calm and security?
1: Calm and security. Um I know I used to put so much pressure on myself to do things and to be someone and you know, all this stuff. And just the fact that when I read this, I know that he's been watching my every move. He knows when I sit and rest, he knows when I rise. He knows my thoughts. It's just calming to me to know that I don't have to I don't have to do that.
0: Yeah, Jesus,
1: Jesus knows what what he's doing for me already.
0: Yeah, it's and I think that some of our listeners, when even though you're reading it beautifully, I don't know if if it's from screaming all weekend, (laughs) but your voice is very calming tonight. But I think this verse could be equally um, unnerving for some people. And let me explain to you why. That word search, you read in the very first uh, verse there, Devin, where it says, you have searched me, Lord. The Hebrew word for that is kakar, which literally refers to a digging, like an unearthing or mm. like a like digging in a mine, you know, and, and, and trying to find something. And, and a lot of us are very private people, right? We're very private. We have email passwords and we have privacy fences and we have anonymity on the internet. Um, but I, I think it's more than just privacy. I think what is happening is that to a certain degree, and we talked about, I think you mentioned this last week or the week before, um, a lot of times we're leading two different lives. You know, we, we live the life that people see in public. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's more that's going on uh, kind of below the surface, if you will. And so when some people are reading this and they're like, God is seeing me when I sit down and when I get up? Are you (laughs) kidding me? Like that might scare a lot of people. So my question to you is if people are reading this, Devin, and they're feeling a little bit frightened about that, what could you say to maybe ease their minds with regards to that?
1: I would say that Jesus isn't looking or watching or searching you for the things that you're doing wrong. I think he's just searching you to comfort you, to let you know that you're not alone in anything.
0: Perfectly said. There's a a great theologian from the 1950s, and I'm going to paraphrase a quote of his. His name was A.W. Tozer. And he said, and I love this, he said, there's no hidden skeleton that can come tumbling out of the closet like with Jesus, like he already knows, he, he knows it all. And the beauty of that is that, and I actually have part of that quote here. It says, no, he says, no unsuspected weakness in our character can come to light to turn God away from us since he knew us utterly before we knew him. He still called us to himself in the full knowledge of everything that was against us. And I think what Tozer is saying, and here's where the good news is, Devin, is if you feel like you have to hide from God, or if you feel like you have to pretend, God has no shock value. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. Mm -hmm. You know me. And that means everything. It does. You know everything about me. Do you remember me saying one time that uh, my therapist said that man's greatest desire is to be fully known
1: and fully loved?
0: There it is. Once you are fully known to be fully loved. And here's the good news. And I think this is what David is telling us in the psalm. This is good news. He has searched us. He knows us. He has dug deep. There's no shock value in God. He's still here. Devin, I don't think we can ever say that enough, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: because for some people to hear it in their ears, like we talked about this in Bible study or when you and I were meeting for a long time, the, the difference between knowing it in your head and really feeling it in your heart, it's pretty far. So we're here to remind you of that good news, that God is near. And I'll tell you what, Devin, that's a great segue. Start with verse three, you discern my going out and go down to verse six, if you would.
1: You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Mm. By the way, I have this whole thing underlined. (laughs) Just a heads up.
0: Yeah. So if I was going to say, hey, Devin, which part really speaks to you? You would say all of it? All of it. All of it. Yeah. Um, Again, some people might get a little panicky when they start reading, especially in verse four, where it says, you, you know, basically come in behind me and you are in front of me. You lay your hand upon me. You know what that says to me? Especially when it says you lay your hand upon me. It makes it personal. I spoke with you the other day about how I realized as I live alone that I go most days without any sense of physical touch. Mm-hmm. And to know that God is a God who will like come alongside and maybe take my hand or put his hand on my arm. Or I, I just the other night had an opportunity to pray with a friend who's gone through a horrific accident and I gently laid my hand upon his shoulder because that sense of touch, I think, was something that is, I don't know, there's something, do you, do you not agree, like, there's something so powerful about that sense of touch?
1: I agree. Like I said, I think it just makes it more intimate and to know that Jesus is laying his hand on me. Like, he chose me out of all the billions of people. Like, for him to put his hand on me, I think it's just, I don't know, It just it's meaningful.
0: Yeah, he's not hurling thunderbolts at us. or <laughs> no.
1: It's like a gentle... And yeah.
0: Absolutely. So God is re- reiterating here that he's not a far away kind of God, that he's here. And he's not just here, but he is near. And from this, we are to gain a lot of comfort. But let's go on. I think this next bit, if I were to guess and look in your Bible right now, Devin, I don't know, maybe you would have it underlined with stars beside it or something. <laughs> I think this next part is like, it's just so incredible. I'll tell you what, start In verse 13, Devin, where it says, For you created my inmost being, and go down through verse 16. All right.
1: For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body, and the days ordained for me were written in your book. Before one of them came to be, how precious to me are your thoughts, God.
0: Mm. So Devin, I think it's important for me to say this to you, and especially to any of my LGBTQ brothers and sisters, and that is that you're not a mistake. Amen. You were born, you, Devin, and anyone else who is listening, you, my friends, were born in response to a determined plan of God. I remember telling you from the get-go that God was not surprised at who Devin Beasley is Mm -hmm. because of this verse. He's known you before you were ever born. He knew you in the womb. None of us are a mistake. As a matter of fact, there's a beautiful bit of scripture, Devin, in uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. And I remember sharing this with you as well. It's, it's funny how it's all kind of coming back. It says, we are his workmanship, talking about God. We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. We are his workmanship. And I don't know if you remember this, but the Greek word there is poema. Mm. which means poem. Yeah. We are his poem. It's also translated as his masterpiece. Wow. Devin, you are God's masterpiece. Friends who are listening, and if you're questioning who you are because the world has put you in a box or they've slapped labels on you or you feel like you are your job, and I'm telling you, you're more than that, you are God's poem. You're his masterpiece and i love like it's it's not referring to like god's short story or god's novel
1: <laughs> no a poem a beautifully written poem
0: yeah and i don't know about you have you ever been to an art gallery before i have not oh man it's it's really fascinating uh, my ex-husband um very talented artist um and we've been to the Carnegie Museum in Pittsburgh, and we went to Columbus to the Museum of Art a couple times. And uh, what's really interesting, if you're familiar with, are you familiar with, like, um, the Impressionists, like Monet? Yeah, okay. a little bit. Like, or Van Gogh. Uh-huh. You can look at a, a a painting, and and just by the style of it, you can say, oh, yeah, that's a Van Gogh, right? Okay. Or that's a Degas, or that's a Rembrandt, you know, or uh, you could just go down the line because the masterpiece reflects the creator. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, Devin...
1: Or all a bunch of masterpieces walking around.
0: Reflecting the father, reflecting the creator. And if that is the case, then how are you or I or anyone else, how are any of us a mistake?
1: yes. That's what gave me so much comfort. Um, Actually, my friend who got engaged yesterday, she asked me what my favorite scripture was, and it's this, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And she painted it on this beautiful board that we have hanging up in our Mm -hmm. house. But um, it's true. Like I questioned a lot about myself. I have my whole life, and... More so the past two years and prior, I was just questioning everything. You know, who I was, who God made me to be. So this piece right here just is a beautiful reminder that no matter what, God created me. There is no mistake. That's right. And he had every intention of making me who I am today and to not let anybody else tell me differently.
0: Oh, absolutely. And you know what I... Like what I see, Devin, is that as you have stepped in um, boldly into who God has called you to be, I I love it. Like you'll send me a text or something and you'll say, I just had an incredible like conversation with someone or someone just reached out to me or um, someone called and wanted to meet for coffee. I mean, like God created you the way that you are. God created me the way that I am so that we could have these holy and almost ordained moments with individuals. If you were not blessed, and by blessed I mean on the path that God intended, oh my gosh, look at look at all these moments that you would be missing out on. But it's because you've come to realize who God called you to be, and you're comfortable in that. I, that's why I admire the hell out of you, I'll be honest with you.
1: Oh, well, couldn't have done it without you, Julie. That's for damn sure, so.
0: You know, all this, by the way, Devin makes me think of Taylor. And (laughs) when Taylor was still living at the house, um, she and I spent so much time together. There were so, like, so many of her little quirks, like, are my quirks. Like, she picked up the things that I would do. And sometimes people would say, oh, my God, she's a little Julie. I remember my sister Jody saying that a lot. Like, oh, my God, Taylor is a little Julie. And I love that. And I'll tell you Why? It, it, it like becomes a tangible representation. Like just as Taylor is precious to me and, and she kind of reflects my rotten character, my ordinary character, <laughs> if you will. I hope that I'm a reflection of God as well. I hope that's who I am. Some of us, I think Devin would have a really hard time embracing that because they think, okay, this all sounds really great, Julie, but you have no idea what I've done. You have no idea how far from home I've wandered. Um, I've made one too many mistakes. There's just no way God could consider me his masterpiece. And I, I had shared with you before we logged on today, um, a lot of this material is coming from a, a sermon I had preached back in 2014 after my friend Jennifer had passed away. And three weeks later, her husband Rick passed away. And um, I have been thinking a lot about them as I was reading through this. I remember Jennifer and I talking a lot, a lot about her husband, uh, Rick, and about his spiritual uh, faith. Like he was so interested, Devin, in God. And he wanted to pursue God with everything that he had. And I had a realization with Rick. Rick kind of led a little bit of a hard scrabble life. And I think Rick had complete faith in God. But I think that he felt God could have no faith in him. Mm. I'll be honest with you. And I think that bad assumption, and it, that's exactly what it is, comes from bad information, from incomplete information. We draw incorrect conclusions about who God is and about who he views us to be. I remember uh, Rick's uncle was a local pastor here, and he is one of the gentlemen I kind of went toe-to-toe with before. And he's the one who said, it's my job to warn my congregation about the wrath of God. Unbelievable. Do you have your Bible with you? Yeah. Turn to 1 John chapter 4. There is no fear in love, but
1: perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us.
0: Like that scripture right there, Devin, deserves a huge amen.
1: Amen.
0: No fear in love because perfect love casts out fear. And the one who fears, what does it say, has not been made perfect? Like fear has to do with punishment. Isn't that what it says there in scripture? Yeah. So how many of us are walking around thinking that God sees us? He knows us as we've read in the scripture. He knows us completely. He knows when we sit down. He knows when we rise. He hymns us in from behind. Um, his love is as broad as from the east to the west, if you were to read the rest of the scripture. But you are living in fear because you have fallen short. The good news is we've all fallen short. Yep. But if you're viewing God as a God, who instead of loving you, who wants to punish you, then my friends, I'm here to tell you, you have bad information. Because what we are here to tell you is the good news. And we want you to understand that God desires you.
1: He made no mistake.
0: Hmm. None. And so I believe that Satan's job is to rob us of the truth of our identity. And I think he did a really good job with that with you,
1: Yes, he did.
0: <laughs> and he's done a great job with me too, Devin, with everyone. And I think God is saying, I don't want you to roll over and settle. Like when we think about those parameters I mentioned earlier, that we are what we do, we are what we have, and we are what people say about us. Those are cheap, those have no lasting value. But yet
1: we always choose those. We do. When it doesn't matter.
0: When Jesus is like here to say, I'm here to bring you new life. Mm-hmm. You know, I've known you from the beginning. And I'm still here. I still love you. Why don't we gravitate to that, but instead we gravitate to everything else that really is utterly meaningless? Do you ever get those... Um, they freak me out. I'll get the Amber Alerts sometime. I'm yeah. Like, you oh, my gosh.
1: Yes. And it makes you jump out of your seat, the alarms. They're
0: like really loud and obnoxious. Yes. <clears throat> okay, uh-huh. this is your alert today. <laughs> yeah. Okay, like this podcast is your alert. This is your Jesus alert. It is, because I want you to know that Satan will try to rob you of your identity. And I'm here to tell you, like, don't let him do that. Don't let Satan do that. Rest in the fact that God knows you and that he loves you and that you are born according to a determined plan that he had. So here's how I want us to finish today, Devin. All right. I want us to finish with some affirmation for ourselves. Mm, okay. And so I want, I want to invite anyone that's listening. Um, you don't have to say it out loud. You could just say it to yourself. Um, but I want you to practice speaking truth about who God is and how he feels about you. I want you to practice that. And I want that to one day go from your head to your heart to a knowing that you have. So Devin, we'll do it with everyone, okay? So the first thing, or actually I'm going to say something and I'll have you repeat it back. And we're just going to take a moment just to kind of sit and and rest with it and kind of let it soak in, and then we'll go on, okay? All right. So, Devin, just repeat, and if you're listening at home, just repeat after me. I am a beloved child of God.
1: I am a beloved child of God.
0: Just take that in for a moment, friends. He knows me inside and out.
1: He knows me inside and out.
0: And I am fearfully and wonderfully made.
1: And I am fearfully and wonderfully made.
0: Devin, I always tell you that you are a beloved daughter of God, whom he loves and delights in. And I want to remind our listeners of that as well, that you are loved with an everlasting love. No matter what you've done, no matter where you've gone, no matter what other people say about you, that you are loved. Amen.
1: Amen, and may it be so.
0: Yeah. I hope this was kind of a relaxing kind of podcast this week. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, just kind of one to rest. Yeah. And to kind of let it, um, kind of like a nice slow rain, you know, just to kind of let it soak in a little bit.
1: Just a centering uh, type of scripture that we went over today.
0: Absolutely. And you guys, um, there's so much more to it, isn't there, Devin?
1: So much more. So much
0: more highlighted that we didn't even touch. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And there's a little bit to wrestle with. Uh, At the end of Psalm 139, David goes off the rails a little bit. I think it's a very human thing that he does. He he starts to complain a little bit at the end of this psalm. (laughs) Which is like something I would do. And then he asked God, you just said center. Then he asked God to center him again. Yep. And he says, search me, oh God. Test my anxious heart. Exactly. Yeah. So I, well, obviously Devin can't um, recommend it enough and neither can I. Just go back through Psalm 139. It's just fabulous. Absolutely fabulous. So anyways, we hope that you hear this good news and that it seeps into your soul and finds refuge there
1: brought the house down today julie so if you want some more of julie and her good news <laughs> check out the facebook page <laughs> okay where she is just on top of it and is just you know throwing out all the good seeds of of motivation and love and just reminders uh, to take care of one another throughout the weekend most importantly yourself so check us out there and if you like the podcast please subscribe rate and review wherever i you get your podcast and if you don't that's okay um we're still gonna make them
0: yeah and god still loves you
1: yeah um, he delights in you he
0: delights in you he may try to correct your error in not liking <laughs> the podcast but that's okay
1: you're still fearfully a wonderful maid yeah
0: hey by the way Devin, we're really excited about next week we're gonna do something a little different again we're gonna have a special guest
1: Yes, we are. We're going to have my Army chaplain, actually, Chaplain Major Hammond. He's going to come on the podcast, and I'm excited uh, to have him on and just to talk a little Army as well as, you know, the good news yeah. and how that ties into the Army and with his Army professional career. So I'm excited. I can't yeah, wait. It'll be good.
0: Yeah, it's going to be very exciting. So with that said, Devin, do you want to go ahead and take us home? Take you home. Take us home, babe.
1: So on behalf of Julie and myself, Here's to the good news. May we be it, may we seek it, may we spread it. So pull up a seat, there's no reservation needed. Be well, friends.